0: Good morning. Good morning. You can do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, this section here. Good morning. Good morning. This section. Good morning. This section. Good morning. Yeah, 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 I see. Do you want to try again? <laughs> it is great to be together. I just have such a sense that God wants to do something beyond what we understand, what we know, what we've experienced. Uh, I just want to commend uh, the pre-service prayer time to you. Uh, The Spirit of the Lord uh, just moves so mightily during that time. And, And it's not something that you have to be at a certain level to be able to enter into. It is just this place of coming in and and it's sort of like walking into the room and the room then just swallows you up with the very love of God and and so can I pray before we before I begin this morning I want to pray actually the scripture over you and so I'm gonna have you stand uh you know I'm so excited uh Ann and I are getting to know everybody without a mask now. It's amazing. You know, today is the 50, uh, 55th week that we have lived in Calgary. Five, five, double grace. The number five is for grace. And so we have double grace as we are here with you today. And I just feel that, that there is something of the grace of God that he wants to literally pour over you like fresh water. Fresh water, even as you felt stifled by the smoke in the air, the Lord is pouring fresh water out to you. I might not get to the sermon because the Lord is so good. And how many would understand that's okay? All right, this is what I'm gonna pray from from Ephesians chapter one. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I'm, I'm praying the Passion Translation over you. I pray that the Father of glory The God of our Lord Jesus Christ would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light. Until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, that is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. In Jesus' name. And if you receive that, just say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Actually, as you're sitting down, I want you to do something because we're able to do it now. I want you to just go to somebody and bless them. We don't have masks. We don't have any of that kind of stuff. Just go to somebody and just say, God bless you today. You're going to receive God's grace today. Amen. You know, it's always dangerous to let people start having fellowship because, because then, then that takes over, right? It's great. So, so as we were worshiping, uh, uh, just, you know, the, the sense of the presence of the Lord as, as the worship team was, was just leading us uh, Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And, and Patrick, um, the Lord just spoke to my heart about you. Okay? And here's what I heard. And, and you know what? As I share this, take it, weigh it. Put it on the shelf if you need to. Throw it in the trash if it doesn't work. But uh, what I heard was the Lord is starting to release into you greater creativity and understanding of things yet to come. And and there are going to be times where you're thinking about things and you're trying to navigate where you're at and what you need to be doing and developing. And thoughts will come to you that seem like distractions. This is the important part. They feel like they're a distraction because they don't seem to be on the mark for the moment. And, And I just felt the Lord said, write them down. Just write them down so that you can keep on going where you are. But you write down the thing that comes to you that seems like a distraction because the Lord is going to start to build on it. He's going to start to give you more understanding and grace to actually implement things that nobody else is implementing. All right? Okay. Yes. You know, uh, here, here's, here's, you got to understand, um, Anna or I are crazy. Any other crazies in the room? Okay, there's two of you. Look to your neighbor and just tell them they're crazy. They just don't know it. So I, I want to read to you uh, a, a scripture out of b- the book of Deuteronomy. Now, how many know that Deuteronomy can sort of seem like uh, plowing through mud at times because because there's a lot of hard stuff in it. But in the in the very essence of the book of deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 i'm reading from the amplified version the secret things belong to the lord our god but the things which are revealed and disclosed belong to us and to our children forever so that we may do all the words of this law The secret things belong to the Lord. You know, sometimes you think, oh no, God has a secret about me and he's going to shout it from the mountaintops. I'm not talking about, you know, the fact that in grade three you made a a white lie. I'm not talking about those secrets. He covers those things when we have brought them to him. He releases his covering over us. I'm talking about the unknown things about what his destiny is for your life and that he wants to release to you greater revelation and disclosure of what he has longed for you from the foundation of the earth. How many would like to have more of the revelation of God in your heart and life? Okay, so as we were continuing to worship, um, I noticed these two young men over here with a a nice young lady between them. And I heard that you are like the sons of thunder. James and John. I don't know you. I don't think I've ever seen you before. But you are, and, and you sort of wonder, why am I here? What's, what's this all about? But Holy Spirit wants you to know f- for this morning that he is going to unlock something in your heart that he is going to, the things that that you have pondered and wondered and questioned and and actually even thought about in your heart and mind, something, the the penny is going to drop, and there's going to be something that's going to come into your understanding today, not because you have great understanding, but because the Spirit of the Lord is going to unlock it for you. And you're going to step into something that you could have never, ever imagined. So I just pray God's blessing as he begins to reveal his purpose and his plan, his good plan for you this morning in Jesus' name. You know, I am completely of the mind that there is more of what God wants for our lives than we could ever imagine if you don't b- believe me, all you have to do is go to uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And it says that m- more than you can imagine, more than you can dream, more than you can e- even comprehend, these are the things that the Lord has prepared for you. And, and I want you just to look to the person beside you and just say to them, because they don't believe it. They actually might not believe it. I just want you to say to them, God has more for you today. God has more for you today. Aaron, God has more for you today. You know, you, you stepped into a place in the worship this morning and the Holy Spirit just says, I'm taking the hat off because I'm going to blow the lid open. The roof is going and it's going to be clear, uh, open heaven over you. You can't, you, you know, if you want to say thanks to God, you can. That's good. You know, when we give thanks to the Lord... All it does is invite his presence in closer. And, and it comes to, to actually cocoon us in his presence. To transform us by his very presence. Okay. So we've heard the promise this morning. That God has got secrets that he wants to reveal to us. And and I want us now to rewind the narrative. Uh, to align ourselves Properly to inherit the fullness of God's intent for our lives. You know, many times, I, I, let, let me ask you this, how many here have ever read a promise in the word and something touched your heart and you went, oh, that's for me, and now it's 18 years later and, and you're going, what the, what? Well, well, I want you to understand that we're going to rewind the narrative. We're going to go back and find out if there is a step that we've missed. Sometimes, you know, we end up just immediately thinking, well, it must not have been for me. It must have been the pizza that I ate the last, the last three days in a row. Upset my stomach, and so I just had that thought pop into my heart. It seemed to be so powerful in the moment. It seemed to be such a dream. It seemed to be beyond anything that I could imagine. I can tell you that that um, two two things. That this this year is the forty fourth year since the Lord called me into the ministry. And I can tell you today that the. The, the very things that the Father put into my heart 44 years ago are gr- un- greater understanding in me today than they were in those days. They burn more brightly in me today than they have ever burned before. And, and they are not fully complete yet. But God is taking me step by step into his grace, into his fullness. And if he would have given me everything that he promised in that first uh, few days of being filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, where, where literally out of my belly was flowing rivers of living water, if I'd have got it all then, um, I would have exploded because I wouldn't have known what to do with this breadth and length and depth of the love of God. Sir, um, in, the, uh, in the beige sweater, yeah, yeah. I just want you to know that the Father has, has given you the, the mind that is able to, to, to dis- dissect and di- di- uh, decipher things in a very intricate and profound way. And he says, you don't have to worry about checking your mind to walk in the Spirit. But actually, the two are going to be married as to one because the Holy Spirit's going to come and your mind is going to say, Holy Spirit, teach me in these days. Bring me into a place that I haven't known. And all of a sudden, the the conflict that you have thought was there will actually become a convergence A convergence where now the thoughts of God that come to you won't seem contrary to the way you think. Because the way you think will actually align to the heart of the Father. And now the very things that you understand and the very things that God sets to your heart are going to converge. And all of a sudden you're going to see things in a new way and in a powerful way. And actually you will be a father to many. You will be able to speak to young men in the workplace, younger ladies in the workplace. And you're going to be able to give understanding and wisdom to them that they thought was not even possible. And you're going to go, where did that come from? You're going to say, I've thought about those things before. But all of a sudden, now there's going to be this convergence because of the alignment of the mind with the Spirit of the Lord in Jesus' name. I might get to the sermon. Or not. So, why do the promises remain a secret as they sit right in front of me? Uh, Why do we not experience the revealing of the secret for our family? Let me ask you: how many here you're you're saying, my family needs the revelation of God? And, And 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 I am saying, how will it ever happen? Well, The presence of the Lord is the place where the secrets, the mysteries, the dreams of God are revealed. (sighs) Can I suggest that we must recognize and realize that we can no longer ignore biblical foundations and kingdom principles to have breakthrough in these areas. So we're going to take a deep dive into asking God to reveal to our lives his heart, his secrets. It's not about, oh, I have to go to a barbecue in an hour and a half. <laughs> How cool is that? And I declare to you this morning that it is time for your family and for you to align in a whole new way with the Father's desire that unlocks his inheritance To you, to your children, and to your children's children. Let me read to you again what it says in Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed and disclosed belong to us and to our children forever. Say forever. Does that mean that they're going to die in the year 2029? forever it's like when god says forever it's done when he says all it's done they belong to us and to our children forever so that we may do all the words of this law wow now what are all the words of the law You know, in the Old Testament, we have this mindset that uh, as as Western Christians, we have this mindset, the Old Testament is just a bunch of rules and regulations, and and really God seems to be angry, and he seems to be stuck in that way. But Jesus is cool because he has love, joy, peace, and mercy. How many have sort of had that mindset at all? Okay, nobody. (laughs) Just let that one go. Or you know you're just you're raising your hand on the inside. So so here's here's the deal. We are we are stepping into something today. I'm very excited for today, for you, because I believe Holy Spirit is going to unlock things that have kept you uh, uh, captive. You were able to look between the bars. And you were able to f- smell the fresh air, but you didn't realize actually that, that in your hand was the key to unlock the door so that you could step out of the, the cage, step out of that place into the greater presence of God. So I've got 19 minutes to go through uh, 84 scriptures. No, it wasn't 84. It was 29. I want us to to just ask Holy Spirit to give us understanding now as I I bring forth uh, what I'm going to share with you. Is that okay? Father, in Jesus' name, the understanding to receive the thing that seems so impossible, where my experience has said, I tried it before, I can't try again. I've been hurt trying. I feel like things died when I tried. And so I ask, Lord, that you'd show us the steps. Show us the way. You said you will make the way clear, the path clear for our steps to go. I pray it in Jesus' name. I'm going to jump between First Chronicles chapter 13 and 2 Samuel chapter 6. And in essence... Uh, The writers of Chronicles and Samuel are, are telling the same narrative. It's sort of like the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Many of the stories are told over and over and over again within the Gospels. But they're told from a different perspective. And each writer brings a different part of the puzzle. So that when we look at all of the Gospels, we see something greater than just in one. And that's what happens in uh, chapter thirteen of First Chronicles and in uh, chapter six of Samuel. It is the same story, but there's just a couple of things in the narrative that help us to understand a greater under uh, have a greater understanding of what the Lord is doing. And so, in uh, Second in uh, in First Chronicles thirteen. It says this. I'm reading from the English Standard Version now. Uh, David consulted with the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, with every leader. And David said to all of the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you and from the Lord our God, then let us bring again the ark of God to us. For we did not seek it in the days of Saul, all of the assembly agreed to do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. Okay, look at me for a moment. So here David is now saying, we have not had the ark of God with us. We have not sought the Lord in the presence of the Lord, which is the ark of God. So let's go and bring it. And, and, and if, does that sound okay to you? And so they have, uh, uh, you know, a congregational meeting and everybody votes. And everybody says, let's do it. That's good. Amen? Amen? You're really quiet. Really quiet. You're wondering what's going to happen next. Well, in 2 Samuel 6, verse 3 uh, and following, it says this. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart. And brought it out of the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart. Now, I can just about imagine that, that the guys were saying, Dad, it's a fair ways to go from, a, from here to Jerusalem. And it'll be a lot quicker and easier for us to get the presence of God, the ark of God, from your house into Jerusalem, the city of David. Since the king, that's what the king wants. The king said, let's do this because we haven't done it since before the days of Saul. And so they, they build up this great new cart. And uh, uh, they're on their way. And they're taking the ark of God's presence from Abinadab's house to Jerusalem. And here's where it says in verse 5. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. So the young man Uzzah realizes that as the ark is being uh, transported and the, the oxen stumbles, what's going to happen to the Ark of God? It's going to fall. Thank you, Shelley. It, yeah, it's going to fall. And so he wants to protect the Ark of the Lord. He wants to do all that he can do to make sure that it doesn't fall, because it's precious. It's, it's all that they want. They're wanting to go and see the presence of the Lord manifest with them. Are you following w- w- what I'm saying? Okay. So, Uzzah put out his hand and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Verse 7, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down because of his error and he died beside the ark of God. (laughs) You know, that just sucks, right? I'm doing my best for you, God. I'm I'm doing my absolute best. In fact, David gets really upset with God. He just says, God, if this is how it's going to be, I can't do it. I quit. I will not bring, he says, I will not bring the ark of your presence into my house. Those are strong words for a strong man who has just had a good friend die in the midst of trying to do something for God. As I was, as, I had a hard time preparing this message. It, it, it just, I battled with it all week. Nadia, I want to thank you for, you don't know the prayer that you prayed this morning. <clears throat> you see, it seems really negative to talk about Dying. But some of you this morning have a dream, have this call of God that that you were to bring the Ark of the Lord into a place. For us, as believers in Jesus, we are the temple of God, so I ask you, Where is the ark of God? Where is the presence of God today? Is it in in a memorial? Is it in a temple? Is it in a place? Or does it dwell in us? You see, we are the ones that carry the presence. But if, like David, you were doing your best to to be all that God wanted. If you were doing your best to try and say, God, whatever you want, I will do it. And you then have this death of something precious. Something that just was so close to your heart. Now you say, I'm not going to try that one again. I'm not going to try and bring the presence of God into my school, into my workplace. I will not bring it into my home. That's exactly what David said. And so because David said that, we read that, that David said, put it over at uh, Obedidim house. Now, <laughs> Obadidim is just sort of standing there. He's just sort of on the way to the city of David. And, and what the Bible says is this, that the ark of God dwelt in the house of Obadiah for three months, and Obadiah and everything related to his house was blessed. So in the midst of David being ripped off with God, being angry at God, he says, not gonna happen, forget it. Now, remember, David is this man who we remember as, as the, one of the greatest kings Israel ever knew. That, 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 that Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel, is called the city of David. David is a man known to be a friend of God, to be a man who longed after God's presence. But in this moment, in this part of his journey, you know you, not, not you, you prayed, all of the things you've gone through to prepare you for this time. David went through so many things to be prepared for this time. And so you have questions, you have ponderings, you even have anger, maybe. I did my best. Today the Lord s- says to you, we're going to break the power of what happened so that you can step into all that I have for you today. That yesterday's experience does not equal today's presence. That, that the weight of, of the death of Uzzah in your life is not going to be the thing that will keep back the glory of the Lord for releasing his purpose, his plan, his secret, his destiny in your life. You know, David did everything, it seems, uh, to... uh, to ensure that the, the presence of God would come. First Samuel chapter six, verse twelve. So so I've told you that 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 uh, in Chronicles it, it says that that David hears that the presence of God is is in Obedidem's house. And he's blessed. So we pick up in verse 12 of 1 Samuel 6. And it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obadidim, and that all belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought uh, up the ark of God from the house of Obadidim to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and fattened animal. Here's, here's the connection now. How do, we, how do we now move forward? You see in, in Chronicles uh, 15, 1 Chronicles 15 verse four, David gathered together the sons of Aaron and the Levites And said to them, you are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites. Consecrate yourselves, you and your brothers, so that you may bring the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to the place that I have prepared for it. Go ahead, brother. Because you didn't, verse 13, you need to underscore this in your Bible. Because you did not carry it the first time, the Lord broke out against us. Because we did not seek him according to his rule. The, the NIV says, we did not inquire of him about how to do it in a prescribed way. The, the New Living Translation, I just want you to, to get the fullness of this. We failed to ask God how to move it properly. And finally, the New King James, because we did not consult him about the proper order So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves to bring up the ark of God. And the Levites carried the ark of God on their shoulders with poles as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. So Samuel tells us that David got the ark and he moved forward. And he tells something that the the writer of Chronicles doesn't. He said, David, every six steps, one, two, three, four, five, six. It says that that David and 30,000 that were with him stopped to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. My sense would be, David was saying, I'm going to inquire of the Lord. Is there anything that I have missed? Is there anything that I have not understood that I could understand in this sixth step? And literally, I've read that many times, but this morning as I was sitting there, I realized at the sixth step, David rested. This is a biblical pattern. After six days of creation... God rested. After six days of work and, ta- and toil, you and I are to take a Sabbath rest. Why? So that we can just say, Lord, is there anything? Is there anything that would that I'm doing that you want to adjust? so that I'm not too far down the trail, that I don't have to go back 10 years to adjust things so that we can get to the place that you have for me. Are you okay with that? And so David stopped every six... You know, the journey was miles to bring the presence of God. Chronicles tells us that the men now knew how the Lord desired for the presence of God to be carried. On the shoulders. Not on a cart. Not with all of our strength. Not with all of our ingenuity. But actually, close to the heart, carrying the ark of God's presence. So what does this story of David... The death of Uzzah have to do with the revelation of mysteries for your life. Sometimes in our desire and our hurry to be obedient, we don't know the way of the Lord. In Psalms, it says that Israel knew the, the, uh, the hand of God But Moses knew the ways of God. You can know the provision of God without knowing the very heart of why he provided. You can know his his, uh, expanding of your business without knowing why. Let me ask you, what's more important, the expansion or knowing why he's expanding you? If we are kingdom men and women this morning, we want to know the why. Because as you have the revelation of the why, you will step into greater understanding of the provision of the Father to you, and you won't just think that it's because I've worked hard. It won't be just because these are things that I will do, but because there is something of expansion of his kingdom. You know, I can't remember the scripture reference but, but there is a scripture that says it's time to extend the tent pegs. And I say to CLA as a house, I say to you as individual families, Peter and Sylvia, I say to you, the Lord says it is time to take the peg out. Take it out from where the tent has been and allow him to now stretch the skin, stretch the fullness of the canopy of his glory and his presence. Stretch it out and stake it into a new place. You aren't leaving the old place. You're just allowing him to take you into something greater, something that you haven't known before. So let me read again. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things which are revealed and disclosed belong to us and to our children forever so that we may do all the words of this law. Jesus said in Matthew that the sum of the law is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your being. And to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the presence of the Lord is here. When the presence of the Lord comes into your home, everything changes. 26 years ago on June 30th at about 5.30 in the afternoon, after a really bad week for Ann and I, that week uh, Ann received a diagnosis of of cancerous cell growth in her body. The next day she was uh, let go from her job The next day, our house, we lived in the city, okay? I love the city. God loves cities. But our house was filled with deer flies. Don't know what that was all about. They were all gone the next day. Thursday, nothing happened. That sort of freaked me out. And on Friday, at five o'clock, my boss invited me to coffee, June the 30th, 1995. On that day he told me, Michael, I'm sorry, but we don't need you anymore. And I remember walking home and I thought, how am I going to tell my wife and our daughter that in this week God has allowed both of our both of our incomes to be completely lost. That my wife has, been, has this diagnosis from the doctor. And I will never forget, I said, as I got in the car, I said, Holy Spirit, will you come? And as, 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 as real as I am standing in front of you right now, as I sat down with Ann and Jillian, That day, and I told them what had just happened. The presence of God filled our home. It was a moment of revelation. It was a moment of a mystery being unlocked. It was a moment where I was at the weakest that I could ever have thought I could be at. But you see, Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge. He doesn't say he will provide a refuge. He said he is our refuge. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what the past is, he's saying, I want to reveal to you today mysteries that have brought you to this place. And so I'm going to ask you to stand, Hmm. Holy Spirit. You are welcome. Just lift your hands. Go ahead. We receive your grace. We receive the revelation of your word to our life. For your word is life to the very bones and marrow of our being. Some of you this morning are like David after Uzzah was killed. And you said, I will not. I will not bring the ark of God any further. If this is what God allows, I will not. (laughs) Your judgment against the Lord because you didn't understand his way has actually closed the windows of God's revelation to your life and you are frustrated and you're saying God and and like David you you go off and and he married a bunch of other women and he, he built a bunch of houses and then he found out that Obadiah's house was blessed, and he said, I have got to know what to do. Why did the Lord break out against us? And as, as the priests had, had actually looked into the law of the Lord, they found that what I read to you from Samuel that Sam, Moses said to them, Carry the ark. On your shoulders and so for some of us this morning we have built some really great carts to move in God's work and God is saying leave the cart behind and start to carry my presence wherever you go open your heart up and so I now invite you as individuals as families as those that would stand in the gap for not just your children not just for your parents but for your siblings for their children for the fullness of your family line if you would say to the lord i will stand in the gap lord where i have where i have been angry or bitter in this one area where i've said i won't do it i'm just inviting you pastor tim and i talked about this earlier i i'm inviting you to come to the altar whether you're an individual, whether you're a couple, I want you just to come and lay down the bitterness, the judgment, the hurt, the wound. Why did God let it happen? Lay it down. Not because this is a magic place, but because when you make a testimony in front of us, and we make a testimony together of laying down where we have been hurt, all of a sudden God is released, and there will be something that will start to happen in your heart. Where the it will unlock. I can tell you that the times that I've laid it down, people will come to me and they'll say, What happened to you? I'll say, What do you mean? They say, You're different. And I would say on the inside, I didn't think it was that big a deal. So wherever you are this morning, I know you might not be accustomed to this, but I want you to make a step out and come to the front. If you're ready to say, I'm laying it down. Lord, I'm laying down because I want to bear your presence. I'm going to carry your presence wherever I go. Where I I said I wouldn't do it, I'm going to do it today. If that's you, just just come down. This is the love of God. This is his very love to you today. He is faithful and he is just. On your behalf today. This is not a moment of embarrassment. This is a moment of freedom. Because the Lord would say to you one more time. There are secrets that I have. That I will reveal to you. And when they are revealed. They will no longer be a secret. But they will be life. They will be hope. They will be vision. They will be security for the future. For you, for your children, and for your children's children. So some of you that that just feel to come, I want you just to come, uh, not because you're better, but just because you're going to stand in agreement with those that are here. Just just lay your hands on them. You know, uh, We are past uh, social distancing requirements by our government. And we are free to actually begin to minister one to another. So I I need some folks just to come and stand with these ones that are here. And some of you think, well, I'm I'm not good enough to do that. I just tell you that if you're a follower of Jesus, you are more than good enough. He has made you more than enough. Hallelujah. I need a few more people over here. You know, you are the ministers of God. We, we that stand on the platform, release you to do this ministry with confidence. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father in Jesus name I thank you for the witness of the spirit of the Lord and Lord we lay down the hurt of where something that we tried died we lay it down Father, forgive us where we have been bitter because it didn't seem to work. Forgive us where we have judged you, that you weren't fair. And now, Father, would you fill us with the hope of God, the hope of glory in Christ Jesus Father, release to us your refuge. You are our refuge. And I thank you that it's not just to to the the young men that I called James and John or to Patrick that I said, God has a word for you. Or to my brother over here in in the beige sweater. But it is for every one of us To receive the grace of God, the word of the Lord, the revelation of his love. In Jesus' name.